dread gathering with extended family and friends who aren't on the same page with you when it comes to parenting, politics, or faith? Are you looking for ways to keep peace with opinionated relatives who overstep or impose their views too aggressively? Are you concerned about the negative effects interacting with difficult family members might have on your children and maybe your sanity? Well, then we are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Listeners, if you enjoy this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? So whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, your support helps us to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. If you feel led to partner with us, please just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount. And thank you, a huge thank you to those who have already donated. Your continued support enables us to encourage parents week after week to reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Well, hello, Ginger. We are in the holiday home stretch here, and I'm sure many of our listeners have had a moment or two where they thought to themselves, why do I put myself through this every year? Um, <laughs> I know that because we've had quite a few questions come in about interacting with extended family and friends who aren't necessarily on the same page in parenting and all the challenges that go with that. So since we're now in the midst of the holiday season, which typically means more time with relatives, we thought this would be a great time to share some encouragement for interacting with loved ones when differences make it difficult. <laughs> you know, the very thought of the holiday season triggers so many feelings for so many people. For those of us who grew up watching the Waltons and Little House on the Prairie, we tend to have this idealistic image in our heads of gathering with loved ones and talking and laughing and feasting and exchanging wonderful gifts and just having a jolly old time. But the reality of it is that because of our human depravity, that idealistic image of interacting with family members can come to a screeching halt once we are actually gathered in the same place at the same time, especially when it comes to those relatives who are not on the same page as we are regarding issues that are important to us. There are just so many different scenarios when it comes to the challenges of interacting with extended family members. It could be that we have family members who are not believers, who are perhaps even hostile toward Christianity, or maybe who are believers but have completely different ideas as to how they live out their faith, and they tend to be very outspoken about it. <laughs> it could be that we have family members, uh, like you mentioned, Katie, that have parenting methods who are polar opposite from ours, which creates confusion and conflict and maybe even chaos among all the kids, which in turn causes that right eye to involuntarily start twitching around Thanksgiving <laughs> and not let up until after Christmas. It could be that grandma doesn't approve of our child training techniques, so we're torn between staying true to our convictions about parenting methods or sacrificing consistency to keep grandma from getting upset. Then, after all is said and done and everyone goes home, we're faced with the challenge of hitting reset with our kids, mm. who wish grandma would move in permanently. <laughs> hey, but let's not forget to mention um, vaccines, masks, homeschooling, critical race theory, <laughs> Donald Trump, global warming, and gender issues, just to make things fun. Let's just throw those things in. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. And that's, that's the point, Katie. I could go on and on talking about scenarios that make interacting with relatives challenging. But rather than trying to name them all, I think it would be best if we can focus on what we can do as ambassadors of Christ to show the love of Jesus to those who are sometimes not so easy to get along with. So in dealing with difficult relatives, how are we to respond? Well, I think the wisest thing we can do as followers of Christ is to follow Christ, is to abide by His commands, to respond to the way He tells us to respond. So I, like, I would like for us to consider four commands God gives us for responding to others in ways that bring Him glory. First, God calls Christians to be peacemakers. And as we go through these four commands, let's keep in mind that our kids are watching us mm. and they're observing how we deal with difficult family members. Will they see us being argumentative and defensive or will they see us being promoters of peace? Proverbs twelve eighteen says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Mm. I found that most of the time for me, living out that verse is just simply a matter of keeping my mouth shut, <laughs> especially when it comes to controversial issues. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and confess right here and now, that is a very hard thing for me to do because I have some pretty strong opinions on some pretty lightning rod topics. Really? And my mouth... <laughs> yeah, yeah, do you? Yeah. <laughs> and my mouth does get the better of me all too often, <laughs> way more than I care to admit. But... When it comes to holding our tongues, especially about things that are temporal and passing and not going to serve God or honor Jesus in some way, it's probably best to stay silent about those things. Because if we know our opinion about such things is going to create strife and division between us and our relatives, then voicing our opinions is not going to bring about the peace and unity that God desires. Oh, Ginger, that is so true. You know, I was reading recently a book called The Peacemaker. Um, and I was really humbled by what Ken Sandy has to say in that book. So listeners, if this is an area of your life where you are struggling and could use even more biblical wisdom than we can possibly offer in one episode, I highly recommend that you read this book. And you can find a link to that in our show notes. But here is one quote that I read that really convicted me. The message given by Jesus and the apostles is resoundingly clear. Whether our conflicts involve minor irritations or major legal issues, God is eager to display his love and power through us as we strive to maintain peace and unity with those around us. Therefore, peacemaking is not an optional activity for a believer. If you have committed your life to Christ, he invites you to draw on his grace and commands you to seek peace with others. Token efforts will not satisfy this command. God wants you to strive earnestly, diligently, and continually to maintain harmonious relationships with those around you. Ouch. Um, man, I love that quote. And I'm more and more convicted by it every time I read it because it's our sinful nature to respond to conflict by finding the speck in the other person's eye, to borrow the words of Jesus. But what I think Ken Sandy is telling us and what you, Ginger, are telling us and what God's word tells us again and again is that most of the conflict in my life comes from within me and not outside of me. And those things that don't come from within me are outside my area of responsibility and therefore completely unnecessary for me to try to control. And that last part, Katie, it, that just really hits the nail on the head. We have no control mm. over the behaviors of others, but we can control how we respond. Here's the thing. God does not call us to be instigators of strife. 
He calls us to be promoters of peace. Now, let me be clear. I'm not talking about the Great Commission here. As Christians, we are called to boldly and lovingly proclaim the truths of God's Word. And we know, according to Matthew chapter 10, the Word of God is a sword that sometimes divides families. But there's a difference between spiritual division and carnal division. Mm. We don't want to hinder our witness for Christ by arguing over temporal issues, over issues that have nothing to do with leading someone to Jesus. We don't want to sacrifice our call to the Great Commission on the altar of being right or winning an argument. Wait, so are you telling me that arguing about politics isn't a great way to share the love of Christ with our unbelieving relatives? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's thought? probably not a good idea. <laughs> in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23, Christians are warned about this sort of thing. That verse says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. Mm. So before we engage in a conversation that we know will more than likely lead to quarreling, maybe it would be wise to ask ourselves, will stating my opinion on this matter be motivated by my desire to be right or by my desire to bring glory to God. Ooh, hold up. Say that one again. That's really good. Will, will stating my opinion on this matter be motivated by my desire to be right or by my desire to bring glory to God? Mm. Will stating my opinion on this matter potentially create tension or turn into an argument? Or will holding my tongue be a means to keep peace? Mm. The self-control of holding our tongues to keep peace is a beautiful representation of God's mercy and grace. Ecclesiastes 3 says, There is a time to speak, and there's a time to be silent. Jesus was wise and discerning about when he spoke and when he didn't, and therefore we should be too. Oh, that's so right. And it's remarkable to me how often Jesus was silent, given that he had the ability to win every argument. He was ever Mm -hmm. a part of. He could have pulled the I'm God card every single time, (laughs) but that doesn't mean that arguing would have served his purposes. So if, if Jesus didn't take the bait and try to win every argument, why should we? Um, And then just one more thought on this issue of silence, Ginger. The Bible has a lot to say about the wisdom of remaining silent. One of my favorite verses on this issue is Proverbs 17, 28. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. I've heard a more modern version of that proverb that says, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. So Job's friends would have done really well to heed that advice. (laughs) Yes. But I think it's important to point out that silence can also be used as a passive or a passive aggressive way of handling conflict. So those of us who express our anger by becoming silent, Yeah, we really shouldn't consider ourselves off the hook because we're told in Proverbs to keep our mouths shut. (laughs) Sometimes silence is our way to try to assert our will on others. But God's word encourages us to pursue peace rather than run from conflict. Mm, That's good. And the good news, the really good news is he gives us his wisdom and discernment when we ask for it. We can ask him when to be silent Mm -hmm. and when to speak. That's so true. And there's so much good that we could say about peacemaking, but none of it is possible without prayer. Yep. And that's actually the second thing we can do. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 say, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if we're anxious about time with relatives, 
we should pray mm. because prayer changes our perspective from self-centeredness to Christ-centeredness. And there is a peace that passes understanding when our hearts and our minds are focused on Jesus. Even better is to pray with our children. We can ask Jesus to help us represent him well when we're going to be with those relatives. Something like, Lord, help us to show kindness and grace while we're with Aunt Susie and all the cousins this weekend. Help us to hold our tongues and to not engage in foolish arguments that do not honor you. Help us to put their needs above ours by serving them with joy. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, Lord. We ask that your love would flow through us and bless others in ways that show your goodness and bring you glory. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. As a mom, I can't imagine going back to the good old days where parents just sent their teenagers off in a car without a way to call if they, you know, get into a fender bender with their insurance agent's daughter. That's a true story, I did that. And as my kids mature, I like the idea of them being able to reach me if something happens. Uh, but I don't like the idea of giving my kids access to the entire World Wide Web of wackadoos. This is why I'm ecstatic to introduce you to our sponsor, Gab Wireless. They are the first smartwatch and smartphone provider to actually do something smart when it comes to our kids. Gab watches and phones look and feel like all the smart devices on the market, but the great thing is that they don't cost more than a mortgage payment. And they're super safe for kids. There's no internet, no apps, no games, no social media, and no contract. Instead, the Gab watches and phones have just the functionality that is safe for kids and nothing more. Gab watches and phones are just $100 and start at $10 per month for service. But for our podcast listeners, Gab has offered $30 off the price of their watches and phones. Just use the code GINGER at checkout to get your Gab watch or Gab phone for just $70. Go to Gab, that's G-A-B-B-Wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Again, that's Gab, G-A-B-B-Wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. But Ginger, we should be careful what we pray for because maybe God has chosen to allow conflict in our lives to change us. Mm -hmm. um, another book recommendation I have is called Relationships, A Mess Worth Making. And that's by Timothy Lane and Paul Tripp. Mm -hmm. We love Paul Tripp around here. Mm -hmm. um, I highlighted this quote in the book because 
I hadn't spent much time considering the purpose of conflict in my own life, and it has a purpose. So here's what their quote says. Conflict with others is one of God's mysterious, counterintuitive ways of rescuing us from ourselves. God uses it to get us where he wants to take us before we die. Because we don't usually think that trials can be used in such a positive way, this truth catches us by surprise, but it shouldn't. All kinds of suffering, including conflict with others, can be redemptive because of the grace of God. By redemptive, we mean that God can use conflict as well as everything else in our lives to defeat sin in us and to make us more like Christ with a love for him and others that reflects his nature. So Ginger, maybe that difficult relative or friend or neighbor or coworker is an agent of God's sanctification in our lives. So if we considered these image bearers of God in that way, how might it change the way we treat them? You know, how could it change the way we speak to them? How could it change the way our face looks when we speak to them? Uh, I recently saw a meme that cracked me up. It said, I have to teach my face to use its inside voice. (laughs) So I can really identify with that. Oh, that is so me too, Katie. My face betrays my heart all too often. Same. And it ain't pretty. Yep, yep. (laughs) Okay, so actively pursuing peace, praying without ceasing. What's the third thing God calls Christians to do? He calls us to be patient. Mm -hmm. I think it might be even harder to be patient with difficult relatives than strangers Mm -hmm. because sometimes we're more inclined to take heart offensive words or attitudes from family members more so than strangers. Mm -hmm. But Proverbs 19.11 says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. And that verse does not go on to list relatives as an exception. (laughs) Well, Ginger, I know our listeners love the practicality of our podcast, so can you give specific ways we can demonstrate patience with difficult relatives when everything inside of us is screaming otherwise, including our faces? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sure. We can, through prayer— always through prayer, respond contrary to our sinful nature and in harmony with God's will. We can remain calm and listen to what they have to say with respect, even when we don't agree. 1 Peter 2.17 says, show proper respect to everyone. Again, there's not an exception there. We are to show proper respect to everyone. When we don't agree, we don't have to respond. We can just smile and nod just to show that we're listening. Jesus often showed wisdom by being silent in the presence of divisive and argumentative people. And let's remember that Jesus faced all the same challenges we face, even when it comes to dealing with difficult family members. There are quite a few examples of Jesus' own family saying hurtful things to him. One example is his brothers in John chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. Those verses say, Jesus' brother said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. And then the passage ends by saying, For even his own brothers did not believe in him. So we know from these verses that Jesus' brothers, at least at this time, did not agree with him or believe in him. If we want to follow the example Jesus said when interacting with difficult family members, let's look at the things Jesus did not do in response to the hurtful words from his brothers. He didn't argue all of his points. He didn't try to convince his brothers he was right. He didn't demand that they change. He didn't get angry and lash out. He didn't feel sorry for himself and sulk. And he didn't make it his goal to please them. 
Basically, he didn't try to control the offensive behavior of his brothers, but he also didn't allow their offensive behavior to control him. Hmm. What he did do when his family didn't share his convictions was give them grace and give them space. And we always are wise to follow the example of Jesus. We just can't go wrong. Mm. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can respond like Jesus when we encounter the temptation to engage when we know it isn't God-honoring to do so. I love that. Ginger, I know there are times that we have encounters with difficult people while our children are present. So after we've parted ways with our difficult relatives, how do we handle talking with our kids about the negative influence that you know those encounters may have had on our kids? Well, that actually brings us to the fourth thing God calls us to, and that's humility. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. So after all is said and done, and we've said our goodbyes to Aunt Susie and all the cousins, we want to be wise to not criticize extended family members to our children. In talking with our kids about the negative influence family members may have had on them, we don't want to come across as holier than thou. Philippians 2 2, verses 3 and 4 tell us, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. It's not a humble response to disrespect family members by hashing through everything they did or said that we didn't agree with or bringing their offensive behaviors to the attention of our kids. Proverbs 17, 9 says, whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates rates close friends. Mm. When it comes to talking with our kids about any confusing or misguided interactions they may have encountered at the family gatherings, it's important to remember that we don't have to put down others in order to lift up God's truths. So rather than pointing out all the things the relatives did or said that are contrary to our beliefs and our convictions, We can just have conversations with our kids as to what our own beliefs and convictions are. And most important, point them to God's Word as to why we have them. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Emily in Kansas. She says this, Thank you so much for your podcast. I was praying back in early spring for God to send me someone who could give me practical, heart-reaching advice on all the discipline issues that arise when you have three little kids under five. You know, advice that makes sense when your brain is so tired from all the lack of sleep. I came across someone on Instagram saying that they love Ginger's book, Don't Make Me Count to Three. I quickly ordered it, then realized you had just started a podcast, which I have faithfully listened to each week. Your method for stopping whining is pure gold, by the way. Thank you for your ministry in helping parents look at what the Bible has to say about raising our kids and giving real practical ideas on how to implement biblical principles. Wow. That's a great, that's a review and a quick tip in one. I love that. Okay. She says, I have a quick tip for parents who have a child who needs quiet time, but who doesn't always sleep during it. When my little girl was first in that stage, I would set an alarm that would beep at the end of the rest time. Problem was, if she happened to fall asleep, it would wake her up and she would often come out repeatedly asking me how much time was left. To solve this, I found an hourglass sand timer and it was the perfect solution. She could now visualize how much time was left for her rest. And if she fell asleep or was distracted by a book or a toy, her quiet time would continue until she noticed the sand was out. More peaceful, quiet times for the kids and parents this way. That is genius because I had that exact problem with mine when they were really young. That is brilliant. Yeah. 
hourglass. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we think of I that, know. Emily? <laughs> that is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I love these quick tips that you guys are sending in. I, I look forward to those every week. And we are we have implemented so many of these mm-hmm. quick tips that you guys have sent in. So please keep them coming. Katie, wasn't this whole quick tip thing my idea? Yes, Ginger. Yes, it was. And I'm so glad that our listeners have started sending their quick tips so we have fewer opportunities to share yours. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> this whole show is your quick tips, basically. <laughs> but the Vaseline and the onion goggles, you know, there's I, only I know. so far. I know. I've had some bad ones, I'll admit it. <laughs> if you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Ginger, could you please leave us today with a final word of encouragement? I sure will. But actually, there's just one more thing that I'd like to share before we close out. Since we are in the Christmas season now, I wanted to mention something to all of you husbands out there who might be listening. Mm -hmm. I have a great idea for your wives, and it's not too late. I'm speaking at a homeschool mom's retreat with a few of my friends in Destin, Florida on January 20th through 23rd. It is right on the beach at the Sand Destin Resort, which is a gorgeous resort. Mm -hmm. I have stayed there several times. Love it. Moms need a break. So what a gift for you to give them a few days to rest and unwind on one of the world's most beautiful beaches. Trust me, giving that busy homeschool mama the gift of time for her to be able to get away with other moms for just a few days is one that will serve her well and benefit your whole family because she's going to come back a completely new woman. Grandmothers, if you're looking for a thoughtful gift to give to your homeschooling daughters or daughters-in-law, this is it. You could might even offer to help help out with the kiddos uh, so that she can have a well-deserved break. Yes. You guys can register online at homeschoolmomsretreat.com. Be sure to use the code GINGER for $30 off the standard rate or use the code GINGERVIP for $50 off the VIP rate. This is such a fun gift idea for homeschooling moms. And I hope that my family is listening to what's being said right now because I don't think I can fit in <laughs> Ginger's suitcase. So again, <laughs> register online. Online at homeschoolmomsretreat.com and be sure to use the code GINGER for $30 off the standard rate or use the code GINGERVIP for $50 off the VIP rate. And we'll put a link in the show notes as well. Okay, Ginger, how about that final word of encouragement? Sure. It is so important that we cry out for God's help in these tough situations. Let's depend on God to reveal His grace through us as we interact with difficult family members and as we have these follow-up conversations with our kids. And let's take to heart the encouragement we have from Colossians 4, 6, which says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Thank you so much, Ginger. And thank you listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This is a huge help to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, then we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. 
Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Ginger and I would love to lead a women's event at your church. So we offer a one or two day conference as well as a full weekend retreat. If your church might be interested in hosting our women's conference or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we'll get back to you with more information. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.